Welcome to Spielin' and Dealin', the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner and founder of SandySpiel.com, and today is a GHSA Girls Elite 8 preview. We have made it through the first two rounds of state, no shortage of upsets and madness, and now it's time to break down the remaining eight teams in each of our eight classifications. But first, I do want to talk about March 20th, the Sandy Spiel Spring Showcase at Chester T High School up in Gainesville, Georgia. A player camp, an individual player camp, an opportunity for players to be seen right before travel ball season gets crazy and gets hectic. We will be having individual skill work broken down into stations with uh, former college coaches on hand. Uh, helping out coaching these teams. Uh, We will also have some college coaches in attendance, of course, looking at players to recruit either this year or next year for whenever. Um, And uh, and also the the traditional Sandy Spiel Kyle Sandy Twitter account will be popping with live coverage and media and player analysis for every single player that steps foot into the camp. Good opportunity, 10 a.m. for the girls, and then we'll come back 4 p.m. for the boys. A good opportunity to be seen, to get your name out there right before the travel ball season. So more information on that on my Twitter account, KyleSandy355, and of course, SandySpiel.com. Now it's time to talk 7A girls basketball. Uh, This is a classification with my picks from last episode. We went 7 of 8 in the Sweet 16 games with our picks We'll start at the top left-hand side. Cherokee won 55-46 over Hillgrove. Campbell a 56-42 winner over West Forsyth. This should be a game that comes down to whether Cherokee is able to handle Campbell and Campbell's pressure of the ball. They like to press. They like to get after you. This is a senior-laden group, but you could say the same about Cherokee, a very veteran team. Uh, I'm going with Cherokee in this one. I know Campbell was our preseason number one ranked team, and it looks like uh, they're playing very well, and it's going to be tough. This is a game that is going to be hosted at Campbell due to the universal coin flip of the bottom seed, the bottom part of the bracket with like seeds getting home court advantage. I think Kimara Rivera is going to be a big factor in this one, and I think Tony Warren, um, her ability to score at variety of levels, uh, especially with her jump shooting, I think she will cause some issues just because she is a six-foot-tall sophomore wing. Campbell doesn't have too much size, uh, but they do a really good job. Layla Battle, of course, has come up big all throughout her career, and she's got a slew of other backcourt members, Nia Bozeman, a co-region player of the year, uh, Sarah Taub going to North Florida. But I think that size could be uh, a bit of a problem. I think Ty Harvey does a really good job inside for Campbell, but Cherokee um, is is playing really good basketball right now, and I do think they will be able to get it done. I think Lily Griffin plays a big role with her defensive prowess, and I think Caroline Carl will knock down a few outside shots, so I'm going with Cherokee to make it to the Final Four. Bottom left-hand side, we saw Norcross hold on for dear life against Tiff County, 60-56, to and Brookwood pull out a 48-39 win over Peachtree Ridge. I think both teams need to play a smidgen better in the next round. Both of those games a little bit closer than I expected, Um, but Brookwood has been my original pick to make it to the Final Four. I think Diana Collins is just that girl that makes everybody go, the Georgia commit. Um, With her and Nakia Williams, they're going to put pressure on Norcross. I know Norcross uh, is quite athletic, and Zaria Hurston was a monster inside against Tiff County, but I think uh, Coach Mincy's going to have enough around the basket to try and slow that down. You might see Kate Phelan get down there and grab a couple rebounds. Uh, Madison Badeau has been a, a key piece for this team, and uh, Nadisha Ford um, also uh, a versatile, versatile piece. So I like Brookwood to advance in this one, but I do think Norcross uh, obviously has a lot of firepower, but Brookwood at home, I'm going with Brookwood to make it to the Final Four. Top right-hand side, Grayson, a game I was at, defeated North Forsyth, handing North Forsyth their only loss of the season in the state of Georgia, 51-40. to 
a game that saw Grayson jump out 9-0 and then jump out uh, 13-2 before we saw super sub uh, Aaron Whalen inserted into the game for North Forsyth. And from that point on, uh, North Forsyth was just playing catch-up. Grayson, too athletic, too many steals in that first quarter. Uh, really looked like North Forsyth had to get adjusted to the length and the speed of the game. And Grayson took full advantage of that. And now they play Harrison, a 55-48 winner against Woodstock. Harrison, a similar type team as to North Forsyth. Love, 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 love to shoot the three. I think they shoot the three even better and even more than North Forsyth. Um, but Grayson did a great job of defending and not you know, helping too far off their man and making sure they cover up the three-point line. They held North Forsyth to just one three. And Catherine Elvin herself, the Charleston Southern signee, for Grayson, again, more so a, a, a very good athletic slasher and a good defensive player, on-ball defender. She hit four threes herself, so that is not in the preview. That is not in the in the game plan to see Catherine Alvin hit more threes herself than North Forsyth. Um, so that was a big game from Alvin. She really stepped up big, and Tatum Brown was, uh, of course, clutch along with Aaron Rodgers, who did a little bit of everything. Now, Harrison, this is going to be a tough matchup with them. They're, like I said, similar to North Forsyth. They don't have as much size as North Forsyth. They don't have a Maddie Erickson inside rebounding. They have an Emmy Johnson. And Garnett, the region player of the year, is going to really uh, have to find her, her looks on the three-point line and be able to get a little bit off the bounce uh, to diversify uh, this offensive attack. But, I mean, Grayson, they just shut down North Forsyth. Harrison, uh, it's going to be tough sledding for them. I'm going to go with Grayson in this one. I just think we said in the last podcast, whoever wins that Grayson North for South game has to be viewed as a, a very legitimate uh, favorite to win this state title now. And Grayson's got everybody back healthy. They're rolling. And I just think they're going to do the same what they did to North Forsyth. A little too quick, a little too long on defense. Um, it's, it might take Harrison a little while to get adjusted to the flow of that game. And if Harrison is not able to hit six, seven, eight threes at least, uh, they could be in trouble in this one. And I think Grayson, again, Tim Slater always does a good job this time of year, and he's got a really good team to back him. I have to go with Grayson here. I like the Rams to advance to the Final Four. Bottom right-hand side, we saw Pebblebrook, a 61-42 winner over Collins Hill, jumped out early and never had a chance to win this one. Uh, Collins Hill was too far behind, never could catch up. And then Archer, 48-43 over Lowndes, a long trip down there. Now Archer, uh, they get to host this game against Pebble Brook. And I'm going with Archer here. This is my original Final Four pick. Again, um, they have all the pieces to make a, a serious run at this title. Um, you saw Courtney Nesbitt uh, play well. Uh, Tanaya McGowan, again, had a, a pretty solid game for them. Ashanti Bryant has come up big with her defensive prowess. Uh, they're going to have to slow down the Pellbrook team. Kanaya Seymour was a first-team selection in that tough region, too. Um, Ariana Muckle, Kelsey Rivers, that's a, the, the big three for Pellbrook. And, and Nia Morgan, Nia Morgan, uh, honorable mention player that has big game potential, can really come up and uh, fill up the stat sheet when needed. But I'm going with Archer. I just feel like they've been uh, the more consistent team throughout the year, but Pebblebrook as a two seed, a very dangerous two seed. They got hot in the region tournament. Um, they're, they're, they're scary. They're pretty scary, but I'm going to go with Archer. I just think they're a little bit more veteran of a group, and I think they have, um, you know, they've been battle-tested throughout. So I'm going to go with Archer on their home floor to make it to the Final Four. In Class 6A, six out of eight games we predicted correctly in the Sweet 16 round, we'll start on the top left-hand side. A game I got wrong. Rockdale County goes to Carrollton and secures a 59-55 win. And now they play Brunswick, a 68-55 winner over Buford. Brunswick led by 20 points uh, in this game. Uh, this is, uh, you know, this is going to be a, an intriguing game. Uh, again, we talked about Buford just not having all their bullets uh, Pretty banged up to Maury Planton, it looks like, did play. But Ava Grace Watson, I believe, was still out. So there just wasn't enough to compete with Brunswick. They tried to make it closer in the end, but Brunswick too strong. Now Brunswick has another home game. Uh, Brunswick against Rockdale County. What will they do with Daniel Carnegie, uh, the star guard that really makes that entire offense go, makes everybody around her better? Uh, she was... 
one of the best players in the in the classification this year. Really elevated her game, put up huge numbers. Was a Region Three Player of the Year. Leah Edwards was a, a first team selection, and Nyla Williams was as well in that in that region. Uh, so Brunswick's going to really have to bring it. I think Shanae Jackson's going to have to be a key factor in this game, along with uh, Flanders, who has uh, played very well throughout the season as uh, you know one of those leading scorers. I mean, this Brunswick team sees a lot of a lot of people step up and lead the team in scoring. Shamaya Flanders leads currently at 13 points and 7 rebounds, but Jackson at 11 points and 9 rebounds. Um, Jeremiah Ramsey and also Shikarja Cowart both at 7 points per game. So they're a balanced, deep team. Um, but uh, Carnegie is a very special player. She's on her way to becoming a high major guard. And um, I don't know, it's going to be tough to win down in Brunswick, but I think I'm going to go with Rockdale to pull this one out in upset fashion. I just think Daniel Carnegie um, could be the best player Brunswick sees all year, and I think she will lead this Rockdale team to the Final Four. Next up, bottom left-hand side, River Ridge, a 71-34 winner over Lee County, and then Lovejoy beat Flaugier Johnson and Sprayberry, 69-53. Lovejoy was my original pick to make it to the Final Four, and I think I'm gonna keep it that way. The game is going to be at Lovejoy. Uh, Lovejoy just has so many weapons when they have uh, the size inside with Brianna Hardy and uh, Layla Hood, who's going to Mercer. Um, that's going to be a battle with them fighting with uh, Ali Sweet and Sophia Reyes and Kayla Cleveland on the glass. Uh, that is going to be a, a, a big time, uh, you know, buckle up, put your big girl panties on matchup here. That is going to be some big bodies banging down low. That will be a uh, intriguing matchup to see how that plays out. But I really want to see, you know, I think the best matchup as far as just one-on-one goes, Region 7 Player of the Year, Matea Gale for River Ridge against the Region 4 Player of the Year, Brianna Preston, Lovejoy, sophomore versus junior. Um, I just think Lovejoy is going to have a, a, a little bit more uh, in certain spots. They could be a little step quicker here and there. I do like River Ridge's depth, but Lovejoy has depth too, and they have a, a state title winning coach in Sed King. Um, Lanaya Foster could play a big role here. She's been one of their leading scorers all throughout um, you know, the season, and especially last year. Just a lot to choose from. A lot of great prospects, a lot of good players on the floor in this one. Sophia Pearl, uh, she could be an X factor here for River Ridge if she gets hot from beyond the three-point line. Her and Gail handling the pressure of Lovejoy is going to be paramount for River Ridge to win this one. I think it sh- it should be a pretty good game. I think I I, I don't I, I wouldn't think this game is decided uh, or out of hand by any any matter. I think this should be pretty close going into the final quarter. But I think Lovejoy at home finds a way to pull it out, and I'll, I'll stick with Lovejoy. But I do think River Ridge number one ranked team in the state. Lovejoy number two in the state. Uh, it could go either way. Top right hand side. Cal 57-50 over Langston Hughes, and then Rome takes down Grovetown 60-42. Did not foresee that one coming, but the cookie crumbled for the Warriors. And now Rome, if they can knock down some shots, they have a chance in this one. But I just think Cal is too strong. That's my original Final Four pick with Crystal Henderson and Jada Peterson. Um, this Rome team's playing well right now, but even if you look in the first round, I think they only beat Cambridge by one point. So um, pretty wild to see how well they played in that second-round matchup. But now they're heading on the road to kill, and they're playing some of the best players they've seen all year. Um, Jada Green and then Amaya Moss just so versatile as a rebounder, slasher, and scorer. I think Kell's just going to have too much firepower in this one, but I think Pinky Nation and company, um, they'll be able to make it interesting for maybe a while, but I think Kell pulls away and secures another Final Four berth. Bottom right-hand side, Bradwell Institute was back and forth with the Kula, but they pulled away late, 53-45, and now they head on the road to Sequoia to the War Lodge, where Sequoia beat 49-39. They beat Houston County on the road. Sequoia, it's going to be, can they keep up with the quickness of Tanaya Bowman? Uh, she had a huge game. I think she had about 27 points in that win over Decula. Um, they got some some big help from Paris as well. Uh, I'll have to pull up her name, but she had uh, a double-digit performance uh, for Bradwell Institute. 
And this is a team that also has Bailey Gilmer at about 6'2", 6'3", inside. Uh, very athletic, has multiple D1 offers. Um, but it, the offense really runs through the junior Tania Bowman and the freshman Paris Parham, who averages nine points per game at five foot ten. Uh, again, the athleticism of Bradwell will give them a chance, but I, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with Sequoia if they can keep Gilmore off the glass. Don't let her get a lot of easy putbacks. If they can keep this game more so in the half court instead of in transition, where I would tend to believe Bradwell might have a slight advantage, I'm gonna ride with Ellie Blatchford. Susanna Rogers going with that great guard play and veteran experience. Aaron Jackson again knocking on the door of a thousand points. Has had a great career. I like all the pieces Sequoia has. They can play really deep or they can play a short bench. There's a lot of options for Coach Chris Yarbrough. I think at the War Lodge at home with two of the best guards in the classification. I think Sequoia gets the job done and makes it to the Final Four. Down in Class 5A, 6 out of 8 we got right in the Sweet 16 prediction-wise. Now, let's look at the top left-hand side of the bracket. Forest Park, 59-32 winner over Southwest Cab, And Loganville takes down Griffin, getting revenge for last year's elimination. 54-52. Another huge game from Sidney Bolden. Uh, really just too strong on the perimeter, too skilled. Had a, a terrific performance, and she is really starting to pick up some interest. And offers are really about to start pouring in from Division One schools. Uh, I think they're ready to pull the trigger on the playmaking guard. 27 points, took three charges, 12 of 12 from the line. Uh, just another huge game, just willing her team to victory. Um, not taking no for an answer. And then Amaya Lewis stepping up big with 15 points. Um, very impressive. It looked like Bolden went 13 of 13 from the line. Um, but too good, that two-man game and getting help from Dabney and others. Gets the job done over Griffin. Um, they have this game at the Inferno now, a doubleheader. Uh, Forest Park is pretty tough. Um, Forest Park, uh, better, well-rounded offensive attack. I mean, Yasmin Allen can shoot the three exceptionally well. She has had a phenomenal year, averaging over 20 points per game as a sophomore. Still got Jada Brown with the athleticism on the perimeter. Um, Shia Barry uh, going to Winthrop is a long wing. So they're going to present some of the similar similar issues or problems that Griffin may have presented with that athleticism and that length and that overall size. But I think Forest Park is a, um, you know, more skilled, more diverse offensive team. Uh, So that's going to make it tough. For Loganville, I think Loganville has a, a great opportunity in this one. John Zorn really has his team playing their best basketball. They locked in their signature win, uh, hands down, knocking out the number three team in the state. And now they have their sights set on number two in Forest Park. And it's it's doable. I'm going to stick with Forest Park. That was my original pick. And I don't want to flip-flop right now. But coming off that win over Griffin, Loganville has all the confidence in the world. And Forest Park is really going to have to bring their A game to get past Loganville. Bottom left-hand side, Hiram 52-39 over Ware County. New Manchester 38-36 over Northside Columbus. So New Manchester and Hiram girls meeting up here. Um, Two teams I know quite well. Two teams that actually played in my fall league in the summer. Or in the, I guess in the fall. How about that? Uh, Two teams that played in my fall league in the fall. Um, These two teams actually played earlier in the season, and that was a game that Hiram won 42-31. So these two teams actually quite familiar with each other. Both these teams have had girls in and out of the lineups um, all season long, I feel like. Uh, Carissa Richardson in that first meeting had 16 points. Ariel Owens um, going to Barden College had 15 points. Richardson, uh, of course, going to Auburn. So those are two of the best forwards in the classification. Uh, going to be interesting to see what they get around them. Just looking at what happened, Cameron Bates, um, you know, she had zero points, 0 for 7 from the floor in that game. I don't foresee that happening again. She's been playing much better lately. Uh, India Johnson is a really good guard that has that green light to pull from the three-point line. And makes plays defensively. She had just five points in that game. I'm looking at what Hiram got. Cameron O'Neill, five points. Uh, Michaela Bullock had six points. Uh, Kalisha Phillips had seven points. So 
obviously we see that the Stars did the heavy lifting and then just where else can you get points from? New Manchester shot just 22% from the field in that game. Hiram shot 39%. Um, so, I mean, I don't – I think I'm going to go with uh, – I think I'm going to go with New Manchester in this one. Uh, again, they're playing much better than what they were when they saw Hiram back on uh, December 4th. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with New Manchester. I think Carissa Richardson, she understands how big of a spot this is, and I think she's going to lay it all out on the line. And again, I think Cameron Bates is going to score more than zero points than she did in her first matchup. And uh, she is a quality, solid guard. She just needs to see a couple shots drop. I think this is going to be a good game. Uh, I think that uh, New Manchester just, just will be able to eke it out, and they do uh, – let's see here. They do – play this game at Hiram though so that could be a tough environment um, but I'm gonna stick with New Manchester here uh, but Hiram is certainly wrong I think both these teams are red hot playing their best basketball but I'm gonna go with New Manchester just, just because I do think Carissa Richardson is the best player on the floor and I think she finds a way to will her team to a victory and also I think New Manchester their state playoff run not that I guess it necessarily matters but They've played uh, some tougher competition. Getting that win over Northside Columbus uh, was a big one, and I think they're going to ride that momentum into the Final Four. Top right-hand side, Maynard Jackson, 57-39 over Harris County. Ended up just pulling away in the second half, and then Woodward Academy, uh, 76-46, a winner over Calhoun. And, of course, this is a rematch of their prior game, which was very early on in the season, but that is the lone loss in the state of Georgia for Woodward Academy when they lost to Maynard Jackson 54-50. to um, Kind of ruffled up the rankings early on in the season. They kind of resorted themselves out. Not necessarily quite sure what happened in this game and how that one all played out, but that was a huge win for Maynard Jackson. Uh, they were down 16-8 to to open up, and then they had a big third quarter, won that quarter 19-6, to and then held on after Woodward outscored them 17-10. to um, Actually having the stats in front of me here, Zay Dyer had 24 points, uh, keyed the victory, 17 rebounds, and then you saw Talia Cornish, 17 points, and Gresham, uh, Shakiria Gresham, if I'm not mistaken, uh, she had a, a nice game with 7 points. Sydney Bowles, 17 points, was held to 5 of 34 shooting. They shot 22% as a team. Sarah Lewis had 8 points. Delaney Cooper had 10, the freshman. With all that being said, I don't think we're going to see Sydney Bowles shoot 5 of 25 from the two-point line anymore. Uh, I think that Woodward Academy should win this game. I'm going to pick them. I think they get their revenge. And I just think Woodward really just laid an egg in that early season matchup and played their worst game of the season. Now, of course, Maynard Jackson, if they beat them once, they have a great opportunity to beat them twice. But I'm going with Woodward Academy, defending state champs. I think this is the most complete team. I think this is the best team in the classification. And I think they beat Maynard Jackson. And they have this game at home, which I'm sure should help out. Bottom right-hand side, Greenbrier. A late three by Sydney Peak gets... Greenbrier past Stockbridge 39-38, and now they see Warner Robbins a 63-48 winner over St. Pius. I picked Greenbrier initially. I guess I'm going to stick with them, but I do worry about how they handle Warner Robbins' just overall aggressive play with Jada Morgan uh, just, just being a pit bull out there. I know she had a big game against St. Pius, just her ability to rebound as a, as a shooting guard and get to the basket and draw fouls and score in a variety of ways. And all those pieces that Warner Robbins has, they are all very strong. Uh, Tasia Agee was a co-region player of the year with Jada Morgan. Um, it's just a good team to be Mac. It's a, it's a good point guard. So I think Trinity Bear, she's really going to have to control the tempo for this Greenbrier team. Caitlin Staley has to be strong, not only defensively, but she is going to have to score in double digits and score around the rim. She has to be a big factor. That is a size advantage they have on Warner Robbins. One of Robin Stahl's player, maybe 5'10", 5'11". Staley at 6'3", has multiple D1 offers. She has to be a threat offensively. She has to score inside. And then Brooklyn Begley, whenever 
she gets outside looks, she needs to knock them down along with Sydney Peak, hit those threes. I'm going with Greenbrier. Going to be a very tough environment at Warner Robins. Greenbrier might be entering this game as a slight underdog, but I'm going to ride with the team I originally picked to make it to the Final Four, and that is a Greenbrier Wolfpack. Up next, Class 4A, 6 out of 8 games predicted correctly in the Sweet 16. Out of the original bracket, we have, let's see here, one, two, we have six of our teams in the Elite Eight still. Top left-hand side, we'll start with Luella, who crushed Thomas County Central 71-42. Then Carver Columbus, 62-36 winner over Chesty, who was without their freshman point guard, could not handle the pressure, and Carver wins this one. Now, this is a, a very good matchup. Again, on paper, this looks like a potential state championship matchup uh and it's going to be uh, a a really good one these two teams very talented uh again a lot of athleticism very comfortable playing at a high tempo can do a lot of things i think Luella does have the 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 good guard play here with evelina davlicu going to jacksonville state her ability to break the press um is going to be very key in this one. I think she can do that, and she's got some other help uh, as well. Luella, pretty balanced team. You got Ari Dyson inside who can help dribble the ball when needed. Natalie Martin, Trinity Layden, all of those girls. First team, Region 5 picks, and then Milani Smith, a second teamer, will have to play a big role. But uh, I think Ari Dyson has to play very well inside for Luella in this game because going up against Carver Columbus. They have their own size um, down low that can really uh, make make life difficult. Rebounding, scoring around the rim, it's going to be a physical game. Uh, but Dyson does have to really play uh, to the top of her ability, a key piece uh, inside. And then you're looking at Carver Columbus, uh, again, a team that likes to get after you. Kaylee Simpson, uh, a good guard that can score. Ja'Kayla Geiger is a knockdown three-point shooter. Um, just a lot of pieces to choose from. Ashlyn Mesador is a big rebounder that is efficient and quick off her feet inside, very aggressive when attacking rebounds. Uh, Jasmine Chaney, a good shooter off the dribble. Uh, I'm going to go with Luella in this one. Luella, uh, you know, they haven't gotten to the, the top of the mountain yet, and I think it's going to be very, very challenging at Carver Columbus. So Carver could be the favorite in this one, but. I'm going to go with Luella. There are only three losses of the season have come against the very three best teams in Class A private, which is telling you something, and two of those games are pretty close. Uh, I think they're ready to get over the hump here, but you know it, it is going to be very challenging. And I do think uh, not having – let's see here. See, it looks like they lost Cameron Barry, if I am not mistaken. Not having her as being another – uh, ball handler that could play a big role she averaged nine points per game but she has not played uh, since early February it seems so that is a you know that that hurts um, but I do think Luella I'm, I'm gonna go with them if they can handle the pressure of the press I think a lot will be on Devil Coo's shoulders here I'm gonna go with them but I think Carver Columbus is probably the favorite here but I will stick with Luella bottom left hand side we saw Northwest Whitfield outscore Bainbridge 45-34 and then Baldwin 71-63 over Stevenson. Uh, I think Northwest Whitfield could do the same thing against Baldwin. They have those shooters on the perimeter. Um, Baldwin is very big inside, and that is where their, their size advantage lies. And if they get in a transition game with Madison Ruff, she's really tough downhill. And I think Tamia Smith is a very good shooter that can space the floor. But if Northwest Whitfield can control the tempo here, make this a half-court game, and uh, you know rebound inside and try to stop uh, Baldwin, I think Emma Allen will have to play a really big role for the Bruins. I'm going with Baldwin here. This is going to be at Baldwin, going to be a hostile environment. But I do think Northwest Whitfield has a puncher's chance. But I do think their run comes to an end against a very powerful, potent Baldwin team. Top right-hand side, Marist grinded Hardaway into dust, a 31-19 win. And now they play Heritage Katusa, 49-47 over Monroe. Um, a very veteran team for Marist, of course. Uh, they've won uh, 
you know, they've won consistently throughout the year. And uh, I think they're going to win this game against Heritage Katusa. I think it's a very good matchup for Marist. Um, Lauren Kim has done a, a, a very good job at the point guard position. Her, we've talked about Avery Fantucci as a um, uh, softball signee for Michigan. Kate Fletcher, uh, versatility inside. Uh, coming back off an injury, has had a really good season. Alex Norris, Lexi Farklars as well. So there are a lot of options here. Again, they might not jump off the page at you, but Coach Kim Hickson has done a terrific job. And defensively, I just think they're going to be so strong against Heritage Katusa and really slow them down. So I like Marist as a, uh, a, a solid favorite in this one to win this game. But if you are Heritage Katusa, you do have to uh, feel like, okay, maybe we do have a chance in this one. Uh, it's not going to be uh, a team that has you know elite size or... Uh, is going to be, you know, super uh, quick to every loose ball. It's not going to be a hectic style of play. Maris is very comfortable playing slow and limiting possessions and being methodical and scoring and really playing great defense. So it's not going to be an overwhelming game like that. This could be a death by a million paper cuts and a really slow, long trip to elimination but I like Maris in this one. I think they are a serious favorite, and they should get past Heritage. And I think so. Uh, I think they do that by double digits, actually. Next up, bottom right-hand side, Jefferson, 63-47 winner over Troop, and they play Pickens, who rallied 20, what was it, 24-5. They outscored Doherty in the fourth quarter, 48-44 win. Um, just Doherty fell apart in the end there. And this is a, you know, I would say Jefferson should win this game, but with the the very sad realization that there was an injury to Natalia Bolden, who has battled back from an ACL and then a ruptured Achilles and has finally been healthy this year in the Georgia College um, signing. I believe she won Region Player of the Year in that very competitive Region 8, and she was just so good all year long. And now that curse of Jefferson comes and bites the dragons again in uh, you know a battle of the dragons here, but uh, I'm not sure how serious it is. But it sounds like she's going to get an MRI, and if she is unable to go, that zaps Jefferson of their X factor that does everything on the floor and brings them to a whole nother level. That is big. That is a big, 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 big loss for Jefferson. And that uh, gives Pickens uh, a crack to win this one. I think Caroline Mullins is going to have to play a really good game and beat that that Jefferson press but it's going to be the next man up for Jefferson who can step up they played many games without Natalia Bolden before I think Ellie Kinlaw knocking down outside shots and I think Deshauna Gaither she's going to have to ramp it up offensively Um, this game is going to be at Jefferson and I think you know if she Bolden is unable to go I think they use it as a rallying cry and I do think Jefferson uh, is able to beat Pickens but Pickens again um, a very good opportunity to win this game, especially if Jefferson is without their best player. But I'm going to stick with Jefferson. I should have trusted my gut in my original pick in Class 3A girls because I'm looking at the bracket. My original picks, I have the Elite 8 perfectly intact, but I foolishly picked against Pierce County, my Final Four team, believing in East Forsyth, who let me down with a loss. But we will get into that later. Top left-hand side, Westminster, 72-33 over Liberty County. No surprise there. Sumter County, 47-30 over Oconee. Uh, I originally picked Sumter County to win this game and go to the Final Four, but I think Westminster is absolutely rolling right now, and Courtney Ogden is just dominating everybody that is standing in her path. Again, I, I just said that I should have sticked with my original picks, and I went against them, and I got... You know, I got burnt by just one game, I suppose, with picking um, East Forsyth to beat Pierce. Uh, But all signs are pointing towards Westminster winning this game. Um, I guess I will begrudgingly stick with my Sumter County pick. I think uh, Sherry Harris is a really good coach, and she's going to have to devise a, a fantastic game plan to beat Westminster. But Westminster is pretty athletic at the guard positions and at the wings. They have 
eh, fairly decent size, but when you have a six foot, six foot one wing that plays every position and can do whatever she wants on the floor, that really um, is just your trump card there. Stella Chartrand as well. Um, I think Sumter County's an underdog in this one. I'm going to stick with my pick originally, uh, but I think Westminster. Um, I think Westminster wins this game, but I'm going to stick with my Sumter County pick. Uh, just, you know, having that home court advantage in a, a foreign land, uh, see what they can come up with. I think Westminster's a favorite, but again, I'm going to stick with Sumter. Bottom left-hand side, um, thought this game was going to be about 30 or 40 points. It turned out to be 60 points. Lumpkin County, 90. Tattnall County, 30. And now the rematch, 5.8 seconds from a season ago. Cross Creek 52-34 over Murray County. Um, this is going to be a very good game, a game that I want to see in person. Uh, obviously a, a huge grudge, grudge match rematch. Um, I don't know if Cross Creek can score with Lumpkin County. I mean, Lumpkin County has just been, just, just what, scored about 84 on Redan, scored 90 against Lumpkin, or against Tattnall County. Cross Creek doesn't have that type of firepower. I think Cross Creek... This is going to be a very good game all throughout. I think Michaela Bogans, again, is going to have to be uh, outstanding. But it is just so hard to pick against Lumpkin County and what they are doing. Just absolutely dissecting teams offensively. Four players in double figures every single game. Everyone, uh, you know, shooting the three ball exceptionally well. Very tough game coming up for Cross Creek. I know Clem Schlein is always very, very confident and we'll have a good game plan devised, but you know, Cross Creek has to keep this game close. If they keep this game close at home and have an opportunity in the fourth quarter, we have seen that anything goes and anything can happen in the state tournament. But Lumpkin County, uh, they are just absolutely rolling, and they're not rolling against bad teams. Like Redan was not a bad team, and they skunked them by about 30. Tattnall County, uh, obviously not as good as what the record shows in the level of competition in South Georgia. Um, kind of lit me down from just the matchup I saw, but uh, still not a bad team by any imagination. They lost by 60 points to Lumpkin County. I don't foresee Cross Creek winning this game. Lumpkin County should win this game, but like I said, anything goes this time of year, and it's going to be a very competitive matchup, but I think Lumpkin County is certainly the favorite, and I am rolling with Lumpkin County to get past Cross Creek and get some revenge from last year's disappointing last-second layup loss. Top right-hand side, LFO, Lakeview, Fort Oglethorpe, 61-47 winner over Thompson, and now I see GAC, who struggled early against Johnson, who only had about six players, but ended up pulling out a 67-44 win. Uh, LFO's got all those little guards. They're, they're, they're willing to play very fast. They trap. They shoot a lot of threes. If they're knocking down threes, they have an opportunity. I think Christina Collins, just with her physicality, is about a 5'7 guard and ability to play multiple positions. She's going to have to be big. Angel Simmons will have to be big. Uh, but Kaylee Addy, J.C. Bolden and company, I just think they have that, that, that high level of polish in there, the real deal. Of course, Addy going to Xavier, and GAC is – Played in big, big games before LFO, not necessarily. I think LFO has a has an opportunity. This game is going to be at LFO. But I just think GAC, they've seen every different type of good team across the state. Um, LFO comes at you in waves, but I think GAC should be able to win this one. But I'm very interested to see how this one plays out. Uh, if LFO can stick around, uh, again, if they'll have a chance in the fourth quarter if it's close. But I think GAC... They are a team that is ready and is eager to make it back to the state title game. I think they get past a very scrappy and very good LFO team. In the bottom right-hand side, Central Macon shut down Rachel Lopez and company. They beat Ringgold 44-28, and now they see Pierce County, who was nip and tuck, nip and tuck, nip and tuck, really the entire way until the fourth quarter when the wheels started to fall off for East Forsyth. Pierce County put that game away 68-51 over East Forsyth. And Pierce County, again, was my original pick to go to the Final Four. I'm going to go back after I you know, I, I double-crossed myself and, and picked against them. Shame on me. Never pick against Natalie Heron, the three-time region player of the year. I'm going back with Pierce County to beat Central Macon, Natalie Heron getting the job done, um, Michaela Etheridge, uh, Tivana Myers, um, 
some key pieces here and there. I think this is a team that does have uh, a nice amount of athleticism uh, to go around Natalie Heron, and Heron is a, a, a bulldog competitor. Central Macon will come with a very good game plan. Tanaya Pryor, her length at about 5'9", 5'10", at the guard position. I'll be interested to see if she draws the assignment of trying to slow down Natalie Heron. But again, it's one of those deals. If, if you can stop Heron, you have a really good chance. But it's easier said than done. This game is going to be in Blackshear. I'm going with the Bears, Pierce County, to make it to the Final Four. Class 2A has gotten very, very interesting Top left-hand side, we were five out of eight in total in this round. But top left-hand side, Callaway comes back and beats Dodge County 42-41. Mentioned how I thought Callaway does have that size inside that could potentially um, make things a little bit interesting, make it a little tougher than normal for Lyric Green to score down low uh, for a very good Dodge County team, the big freshman um, that was an interesting result there. Lyric Green led the team in scoring, but was held to just 12 points, so they kept her in check. Uh, Callaway has been my dark horse all season long as a team that I think could really make some noise. They've really turned the corner. Again, shot selection, uh, always something I, I have my eye on, um, making sure they don't fall too much in love with that three-point shot. But this is a good team with Jasmine Thornton uh, averaging – Close to 17 points per game. Gabrielle Johnson has been their leading scorer. Uh, you know, earlier on in her career, she's at 11 points per game. Lacey Thomas is big inside, about 6'2", 6'3". Cameron Stargell's a big body as well. They are big, and they have some some talent. And now they are seeing Elbert County. Elbert County, a 53-32 winner over Swainsboro. Went into Swainsboro, got the job done. Now they have to go on the road. To Callaway, um, again, differing styles, a, a big team that will let it fly from the three-point line versus a, a very scrappy, um, undersized team full of juniors at Elbert County that gets after you with their guard play. I'm picking Elbert County in this one. I'll be uh, interested to see, can Callaway keep up with that press? Can they beat the press? Um, can they keep Anaya Allen out of transition? Can they keep Naya Moon from getting her feet set from the three-point line? Can Terrace Hester be held in check, a, a solid little third option that can score um, from different different levels? Uh, and Brenasia Faust, I think she is going, again, play a huge role. Not a big scorer, but she has to rebound, and she has to ultra shots inside. I'm going with Elbert County in this one. Anaya Allen, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning on her to be the X factor with her guard playing her quickness downhill. If Elbert can make a couple shots as well, I like their chances. I'm going with Elbert County. They've been the best team, or maybe I guess the second best team in the classification all season long. I'm going with the Blue Devils. Bottom left-hand side, Fannin County really making a statement, taking down Washington County 52-36 as we looked at Region 3, which we thought was so vaunted. Uh, They only got one team into the Elite Eight now. So again, Reshift your focus here. I need to reimagine what I thought I knew about Class 2A. Always changing. And as I said, you, you think you know something until you don't know it after that region uh, just doesn't get the job done. Interesting. So now Fannin County, they have to go on the road in a state title rematch against Josie. 41-31 winner over Banks. Josie, again, they can sometimes struggle to score and put up a lot of points. A 10-point win over Banks County. Cameron Greer kept that game close for Josie, but or uh, for Banks County, but Josie pulls away. So now we have a state title rematch. And remember, Fannin County had this game pretty much won until it all fell apart in the fourth quarter. Aquias Cody had 17 points in that win over Banks County. Um, they're going to have to get a big contribution from Kishana Brown, Ariana Brooker. Um, they saw the key to success to beat Fannin last year. That's when they just let loose their press and their athleticism, and they trapped and they got after it and brought the fight to Fannin County and that physicality when Fannin County didn't score for about eight minutes or so. Uh, uh, Josie's going to have to play extremely well, and I think they're going to have to play even better than what they did in this second round if they want to beat Fannin County, who 
Again, every time you pick against Fannin County, they just seem to use it as motivation and win. Courtney Davis, the region player of the year at sophomore, a very good offensive player, will pull from anywhere. I think Fannin County is a better offensive team than Josie. I think Josie is going to rely on that athleticism and length and defensive pressure. Um, if Josie's not hitting shots, they could be in trouble in this one. I know it's going to be a tough environment um, down in Augusta for this one. I think Fannin County is going to be very prepared. I think Becca Ledford, again, she had a really good game against Josie in the state championship a year ago. Um, she will need to uh, really control the tempo of this game and make sure no lulls occur like they did in the state tournament last year, state championship. Um, my original pick was Josie. Uh, again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue to stick with that original pick of Josie, but I think Fannin County is continuing to prove myself and any other doubters out there, wrong. They continue to win. I think they have an excellent chance of winning this game. Josie is going to have to play their A-plus game to beat Fountain County. I think Josie squeaks it out, but I'm not surprised one iota if Fountain County finds himself back in the Final Four. But for the sake of consistency, I'm going to stick with my original pick of Josie. Top right-hand side, Laney, they let them loose, and they beat Union County 81-58, a scary matchup. And now expect this to be another fast-paced, high-tempo game against Northeast Macon. Northeast Macon, the lone survivor from Region 3, they pounded Heard County 72-45. And now expect this one to be up and down and to be a very entertaining game. Um, I don't know, Laney, you know, you look at, uh, mutual opponents. Uh, Laney lost to Josie by what was it? They got they got clobbered. Uh, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. They lost to Washington County. That's who I'm looking for right now. They lost to Washington County uh, in their first meeting, 88-67. But I heard they were missing a player. Then they came back and blew out Washington County, 66-42. Um, so this Laney team has been a little up and down all year long. Uh, again, very good. I know the record's the worst they've had in decades, but still a very dangerous team. And they're playing Northeast Macon. And Northeast Macon, uh, they can match the athleticism of Laney with Jakia Little, who's just been having a tremendous year, over 22 points per game, about four steals, six rebounds, a really, really good player that scores in a variety of ways. Uh, I know she's going to get hers, but then it turns to Lanaya Richardson. Can she get her 15-point-per-game average? Can Sydney Gaines get her eight points? Uh, Shade Thorpe, she averages six points, six rebounds, three assists, three steals. Are these girls up to the task of getting the job done? Now, I know this game is going to be at home, so that will help out some. Um, but I think this could go either way. I'm going to stick with Northeast Macon. But seeing the rest of Region 3, the rest of their comrades fall in the last round, uh, you know, that doesn't give me a whole lot of confidence. Uh, I'm going to go with Northeast Macon. I think Chiquilla Little is the difference maker. But Santana Dennis, Kiara Turner already has a 40-point game in the postseason. Uh, it's going to be exciting, and I expect this one to be high scoring. But I'm going to go with the Raiders to beat Laney. Bottom right-hand side. Some interesting results, to say the least. Raven County down three at the half. Surge past Woodville Tompkins, 54-44. And now they see Chattooga, a winner against Lamar County. And again, we said Lamar County, they just can't win in the postseason when they're given a, a very nice opportunity to make it to the Elite Eight. Uh, again, Region 3, everything you thought you'd know about Region 3, throw it out the window. They don't get the job done. They get beat by Chattooga, 54-48. I've seen Chattooga play. Micaiah Parrish is a real deal, a really good score. And they have, um, you know, rebounding presences inside that are going to play a big role against Raven County. The Via Morgan, that is, a big body. But if Raven County presses, which I would think they should, um, there's just not a lot of ball handlers for this Chattooga team. They almost unraveled. They almost blew a 22-1 lead against a model team, a model team that wasn't very good this year. They got beat in the first round by Heard County um, that finished 13-16. and 16. I saw model nearly come back and upset Chattooga, and especially once McKayah Parrish fouled out. Um, that was, you know, it was, it was scary. They could hardly get the ball up the court. 
And Raven County's press is better than Models Press. Now, I know that's just you, – you, you're without your lead ball handler, and it's different, and it's a comeback, and it was a crazy environment, and Model was hitting shots. Um, but, again, another thing that I look at is it's just – it's – I don't know. It's, it's strange for me to think that we could be putting a team in the uh, Final Four, potentially have a chance to make it to a Final Four, a team that got beat by – what is it, 76-18 to Rome, a team that lost to Pepperell by 27 points. Now, I do know, I think Micaiah Parrish did not play some of these games earlier, but I'm seeing a 56-28 loss to Blessed Trinity. Calhoun, they lost by 40 points. They lost by 40 points twice to Calhoun, or at least once. They got this score in here twice, but they did lose to Fannin County later on in the season by 30 points. They did lose 80-32 to to Fannin County um, or just earlier this month. So to think there's a team that could potentially make it to the final four they lost by 48 points and I know they might have been without their best player in a few of these games but again that goes to show you this I don't want to say it's a one-man team but offensively speaking it really is they get all, a lot of their offense from Micaiah Pear she has to do a lot and she is very capable of doing it but for a team to be in that position to make it to a final four that's been thumped by 30 plus points multiple times it's hard for me to wrap my head around that. Um, but they did only lose by eight points uh, in their third match against Fannin County in the region championship. So they're on to something. I know Alva Beasley is a very confident coach, and he gets the most out of his girls. He really, really does. But I know I'm... I'm, I'm face guarding Micaiah Parrish. I'm going boxing one or I'm doing whatever, but I'm, I'm making sure that she does not beat me. If Micaiah Parrish does not score over 20 points in this game, I just, I'm, I'm hard pressed to find a way how Chattooga wins, but crazy stuff happens in the state tournament. Lamar County, you would think on paper they should have won this game, but I heard Lamar County didn't really press all that much. You have to understand what's going on in these matchups. And just from what I saw in that one matchup, I just do feel like Chattooga is susceptible to the press. Now, I know they're going to get some second-chance points. Like I said, but Morgan inside is a very good physical rebounder. But Micaiah Parrish, Micaiah Parrish she, she is the offense for this team. And if you are able to hold her under wraps, I just – I. Raven County is going to be a big, big, big favorite in this game, and that does kind of scare me, being a, a, that big of a favorite this deep into the state tournament. Chattooga honestly is playing with house money. They're going to Raven County. This is a game Raven County should certainly win, but again, you just don't know what to expect this time of year. Um, I think this is a game where Gracie Dietz has to do a good job on the glass inside, and she's going to have to score around the basket. She's going to have the size advantage. She's taller than anybody that Chatuga has. Chatuga's not overly tall in the first place. And I know that uh, Brianna Pelot, uh provided some interesting, uh, you know, some, some tough matchups inside blocking shots for Woodville Tompkins. Chatuga doesn't have a shot blocker inside. I mean, Lucy Hood, she's got, she has to be able to you know, make plays, and it can't just be passing ball. She does have to score some, and there are going to have to be some smart shot attempts out there, uh, and there are going to have to be uh, opportunities for players like Carly Haven to get inside at 5'10". Again, she's probably going to be one of the, you know, taller than anybody that Chatuga has on the floor, had that big guard mentality. So Chatuga, you know, they are a heavy underdog in this game, but it very much so scares me against Raven County. Raven County has to come out focused. If they let Chatuga hang around, they could get knocked off here. But Raven County, everything that has happened this season, Raven County has been the better team all season long. They have um, you know, more offensive threats on this roster. They are a senior group. Very scary matchup. Chatuga, heavy underdog. I'm picking Raven County here, but Raven County, um, they have to come out focused and they have to play a complete game and they have to get on track to make it to the Final Four. Micaiah Parrish is the end-all, be-all for Chatuga. How does Raven County plan to stop her? We have to see that happen. That's the only way that Chatuga wins this game is if Micaiah Parrish has a big game, which is possible. But again, I'm going with Raven County. Now moving on to Class A Private, we have a flawless bracket, 16 for 16 in the first round, 8 for 8 in the second round, and that's, you know, that's, that's no surprise. Uh, usually Class A Private, pretty much chalk, especially on the girls' side, uh, just a lot of talent accumulated in one certain region, and they just take care of business 
and we saw Holy Innocence on the top left-hand side, 74-38 over Calvary Day. Now they play Landmark Christian, 82-47 over Lakeview Academy. Gabby Grooms is a great player for Landmark, but Holy Innocence has multiple great players. Holy Innocence wins this game. Bottom left-hand side, we saw Mount Perrin, 66-30 over Deerfield, Windsor. Now they see Trinity Christian, 62-22 over Fellowship Christian. Trinity Christian um, has always been like that that sixth or seventh, you know, middle of the pole type team. Can't ever really crack into the the top four or the top five, but um, Coach Daniels does a really good job. That is a really, really good program that Trinity Christian has. Uh, You know, Zofia Telegdi going to Kansas inside has great size and a great skill set, causes a lot of issues. Yeah, Madison Morge, a really good uh, three-point shooter and a good solid guard. Layla Logan is a, a powerhouse athlete. Kendall Wells provides some size. Aaliyah Schaefer's a banger inside. Ashland Settle. There's a lot of good players for Trinity Christian. But, you know, Mount Perrin can say the same. Kara Dunn going to Georgia Tech is probably a frontrunner for player of the year in the classification. She just does so much for this team. Caitlin Dunning working the pick and rolls, going to West Georgia, such a, a, a shifty, smart point guard. Um, you know, it goes on and on and on. I think Trinity Christian, um, they're, they're going to compete. They had this game at home, and they're going to compete. And I, I don't think this is going to be a blowout by any means um, because that's what Trinity Christian always does. They play a really tough non-region schedule, and they try and prepare themselves for deep runs. They always run into a buzzsaw. I think Mount Perrin is that buzzsaw buzzsaw this year, Um, but Trinity Christian's a really good program. I just don't know if they're going to be able to beat Mount Perrin. I'm going with Mount Perrin in this one, but I think Trinity Christian, um, they're a good team. They're going to give Mount Perrin all they can handle and more. Top right-hand side, St. Francis 82-39 over Brookstone. Now they see Hebron Christian 59-41 over Savannah Country Day. Now it gets interesting. Hebron Christian versus St. Francis. This is where we see, uh, you know, this is definitely the best matchup in the Elite Eight. Hebron was my original pick. Uh, I guess I'm going to go with this one, especially with Erica Moon unable to go for St. Francis. Hebron with Jesse Parrish inside. Uh, she's going to be challenged. There's so much size and length inside for St. Francis with Samaya Wyatt. Um, Trenise Taylor was, uh, I believe, the region player of the year over there. Uh, just a lot of size and length. Ryan Tillis also, so much to throw out there. But Parrish, she's a big body. She can space the floor. She can shoot the three. Amaya Porter's a quality guard. Aubrey Beckham, uh, one of the best point guards in the freshman class in Georgia. And then I think you're going to have to see big, big contributions, especially on the glass from Nakia Daniel and then also Malia Milton. I think they will have to play a big role in keeping St. Francis off the boards, eliminating those second chance opportunities. I like Hebron Christian in this one. I think this is going to be a very, very, very good game. Um, and this is the uh, this is the big matchup that we have circled for sure in this second round matchup or third round matchup here. Um, Elite Eight, so I'm going with Hebron, um, but I do think this could be a, a very good game. Uh, wouldn't necessarily be surprised either way, but Hebron is certainly my pick. Bottom right-hand side, we finish up with Tallulah Falls, a 51-26 winner over Heritage, and now we see Galloway, 48-35 over Stratford. Um, Galloway, I'm going with Galloway, Tallulah Falls again uh, with Danica Lightbourne. And Ronnie Charlton, good good guards, but Galloway has even more good guards with Kalen Fields and Tiana Thompson, and the, the list goes on and on and on. Galloway is a more complete team. I think they have more talent on that roster from top to bottom, and uh, they're just really tough. They've seen a lot of good competition all throughout. I like Galloway to advance to the Final Four. Lastly, we finish up with Class A Public, a complete crapshoot. Uh, 14 of 16 in the first round, then 3 of 8 in the second round. Who knows what's going to happen. We saw Pelham, a 44-38 winner over Shaw County. Now they play Commerce, 47-33 over Clinch County. Uh, if Pelham is as good as it seems like, I guess they are right now, beating a, a solid Claxon team and a Schley County team, they should beat Commerce. But North Georgia basketball, you know, it's just... Very well coached and very different. 
Um, Commerce, again, they had some injuries throughout the season. They do have some some bigger, more physical girls inside. Um, I, I'm going with Pelham here. They've been the better team all throughout. But again, Commerce, what, what really helps them is they do see a very good opponents throughout the year. They've played Rabin County. They played a Banks County with a, a future Division One player. They played Prince Avenue, which was a solid team uh, in Class A private this year. They played East Hall. They played Athens Academy. They played multiple um, you know, state playoff teams from bigger classifications, like Oconee Academy, of course, in their region. But they played them. They played Madison County. They played good teams. They played Union County. They played Chester T. Uh, they just play so much better competition than your 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 typical a public school does, and I, I guess that does really help them out. Um, I'm, I'm gonna go with Pelham in this game because you would you would think that um, they maybe should should be better. They have a, a pretty well rounded well rounded team with a lot of uh, contrib contributors. To Shay Gay was a co player of the year in Region One, and Truth Wimberly, the offensive player of the year. Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm going to go with Pelham, but this Commerce team, uh, they just keep keep winning games, keep surprising. Lauren Massey, a first-team selection in Region 8. Carson Hobbs, a second-teamer. Uh, and again, you know, just looking at their record right now, what, Commerce is 13-14. and 14. A lot of those losses were against bigger schools and against pretty solid competition. So don't always look at the record this time of year. I'm going to pick what Stick with Pelham, but uh, they're going to have to play very well to beat a Commerce team that is just, again, taking care of business right now. Bottom left-hand side, Hancock Central got the big win they wanted in Sparta, 56-48 over Bryan County in overtime. Now they play Montgomery County that pulled away from Tryon, but Tryon played them pretty tough for a majority of that game, 52-36. Hancock Central... Proving that they are a, uh, a a tough team. They have the size inside. They have some decent guard play. They are not going to have home court advantage here, though. Again, the Bell sisters, I have to believe in something. Someone, please, let me believe in something in Class A public. Let me latch on to someone from opening tip to final buzzer and say, yes, this was the best team, or this is a legitimate state title contender. Montgomery County, I think that's my team. I think they're going to have to play exceptionally well to beat Hancock Central. But again, I'm going with Montgomery County. That's been my team all year long. I'm going to stick with them. I'm going to go with the Eagles to fly into the Final Four. Next up on the top left-hand side, top right-hand side of the bracket, pardon me, we see, uh, let's see here, we saw Dublin 42-36 over Mount Zion, a game Mount Zion. It sounds like uh, they had a, a slim lead for uh, a good chunk of that game, but could not close it out. And now they are playing Taylor County, 57-53 winner over Scriven, a Scriven team that, again, I thought maybe this could be uh, you know, a legit title contender. They could not get the job done against Taylor County, the two-seed out of Region 5. So now Taylor County versus Dublin. Um, not sure what I'm going to go with here. Just looking at this Dublin game, 12 points from Tabria Wilburn inside. Um, played a key role. Uh, then we had Tariana Wilburn had eight points against Mount Zion. But uh, you saw Tariana Wilburn, 14 rebounds in this game, three blocks. Big girls often play a big role in Class A public considering that uh, you know, you're just not seeing teams that shoot the three ball and outside shots uh, exceptionally well like you do in the bigger classifications. Uh, Dublin used a 15 to six fourth quarter to race past Mount Zion, uh, but Taylor County again a big win over Scriven. Um, and Taylor County does have Taylor County in their own right. They do have a, a formidable post presence. If I pull that up uh, quickly for you. Uh, they they have some size, they have some talent, and that is going to be inside with Jalea Zachary. Averages over 20 points per game. She is a big, physical, strong girl. Um, a girl that has uh, been an All-State pick in the past. I guess I'm going to go with Taylor County here. But again, when you have a big shot blocker 
and a rebounder and Terriana Wilburn inside like Dublin has, that wins a lot of games at this level. But I guess I'm going to go with Taylor County here. Taylor County does have home court advantage as the two two seeds meet up. Going with Taylor, but again, it scares me when you have a shot blocker inside like Dublin does. Bottom right-hand side, LOA, Lake Oconee Academy, 61-40. to Took care of Charlton County with ease, and now they see Seminole County, red hot, 53-47 winner over Central Talbotton. Going with LOA here, Lake Oconee Academy has been very solid all season long. Ed Wilson, that region coach of the year, Jada Williams and Georgia Bosart, the co-players of the year in that region, and Hannah Heinen, a first-teamer. This is a solid team. I know Seminole County is red hot right now. They've been winning games when it really matters. Brandon Ingram, he won that Region 1 Coach of the Year. And Tatiana Mathis was the co-player of the year in that region. And Talia Hale has been a, a big-time performer since day one. Um, I'm going to go with LOA here. Uh, it is a tough travel, though. That is Seminole County. That is way down there. That's almost in Florida. That's Donaldsonville. I've been in that gym. Going to be tough for LOA, but I'm going to stick with my original pick, Lake Oconee Academy, to move on to the final four. And there you have it, folks. That is wrapping up the Elite Eight Girls podcast preview. We'll see what happens. A lot of madness this time of year. Make sure you get out into the gym, support your local teams, and don't forget March 20th, Sandy Spiel Spring Showcase for girls and boys. Find more information on sandyspill.com. And for updated final scores and the, the latest breaking news, of course, follow on Twitter at KyleSandy355. We will have these games updated in real time on our website. Until then, I will see you in the gym and talk Final Four next time I hear from me. See you.